Welcome to episode 195 of the All the Books Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. Once in a while, we talk about Batman. I don't know how it happens. Yeah, he's just he's omnipresent. Every so now and then we have to we have to talk about him when Every it's now and the opportune time. Yeah. So how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good as well. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. All right. We've got... Did we already introduce ourselves? I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. Nick is the one who's uh, doing great. Yeah, I am. <laughs> doing great. Anyway, uh, we've got two major topics today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Nebula Awards, which were announced over the weekend. So we got a little scoop on that. Eric and I read uh, a few things on there. And we're also going to be talking about the Batman film series from the late 80s to late 90s. But why? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, we're celebrating the 80th year of Batman. Batman oh, in existence. Things out for oh, we when should. we have our anniversaries. That's true. Uh, 80 years of Batman. And also, uh, all four movies were released in 4K in theaters in the last couple of weeks. Eric and I made four round trips to either Rochester or Buffalo. Saw all of the original movies uh, in theaters on the big screen. <laughs> it worked for some. It did not work for others. So we're going to talk about yeah. uh, Nebulas and Batman again. Uh, we do a deep dive on Batman way back early in the episodes here. Uh, episode 30, Batman v. All the Books. Which we was then followed by Superman v. All the Books? No. No, it was Superman all, started All it. the Books v. Superman. I, yeah, yeah, I got confused. Anyway, yeah. so if you want to take a listen to those <laughs> episodes there, uh, episode 30 is Batman v. All the Books. You can find all the old wow. episodes. Was it only episode 30? Yeah. At soundcloud.com slash all the books. Mm-hmm. And of course, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find it uh, as well there. Yeah. While you're at it, give us a review. Not based on what's happening right now, but based yeah. on when things are good. In general, yeah. review us. All right. So let's let's start by uh, taking a look at the old bookmarks, seeing where we are, what we've been reading, what we've been doing. Remember last week I hadn't read that much? Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, history has repeated itself. Oh, my, my. Uh, what? Well, I guess I'll... Uh, I'm reading Neuromancer. Okay. We've, we talked about how William we're doing... Gibson's Neuromancer. Yes, yes. Neuromancer for a book club we're doing here, yeah. our science fiction book club. And I have read I had read this already back in like 2012, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. And I'm reading it now, and I'm liking it. That's good. And I'm not confused like I was last time. And here's the That's problem. Good. I think I was getting... I think I was getting a little bored when I first read it, mm. so I started skimming it yeah. a little bit too early, yeah. and you can't skim this book. No, it's very dense. That's true. His his descriptions are very, I guess, unique. Not necessarily something I'm a fan of, but if you start skimming them, you're just gonna, not going to know what's going on or yeah. where you are because this is supposed to be like a near-future situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in space, right? I, couldn't, I did not know they had gone to space <laughs> when I first read this book. That's funny. But about the whole middle section is in space. <laughs> So that shows you what kind of reader I was I guess that so, yeah. many years ago. Uh, but I am enjoying it this time. It's fun. It's cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to the end of it and be like, there, now I've officially read Neuromancer mm-hmm. by William Gibson. What technically counts as Essential X-Men Volume 7 okay. in terms of like collection-wise, yeah. I, uh, I'm i a big X-Men fan, Yes, including the comic books, yeah. especially the comic books. And I've read tons of them. I own tons of them. And... But there's a huge gap in my like X Men reading uh, history. That's it, it's like embarrassing gaps, like the mid to late '80s, mm-hmm. then like the late '90s, and then right after House of M. So okay. I I started reading where I left off uh, in like the '80s X Men, which okay. is right after the Mutant Massacre, and so now I'm reading just straight, and I'm really enjoying it. Nice. So this is a time when things get a little bit 
more confusing because for a while it was just there was one X-Men book and you just read that and you followed the whole X-Men story. But around this time and a little bit previously, they had X-Factor and New Mutants and there were like crossovers. And so if you just want to read one book, it's like, oh, but what happened there? So Yeah, I, I found that I read several volumes of Essential X-Factor. Yeah. Enjoyed that. But yeah. It, that is true. There's just all sorts of holes. Yeah. Now, this brings up two points that we should mention. One, we're going to be doing an X-Men Spotlight Woo! in a couple of weeks. Do we have a date on that? Uh, no, I mean, this was your, your whole idea, so I don't know what you have planned for this X-Men my, Spotlight. My whole idea, yeah. sure. <laughs> we're going to be doing an X-Men Spotlight to coincide with I think with it's the, the 10th. It's the Monday after the movie comes out. Uh, okay, so June 10th, when, uh, what is it just called? Phoenix? What's it called? Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. The latest X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix, is Possibly coming out. the last. Possibly. So we're going to do a spotlight on that. So send us all your thoughts about X-Men. And also, X-Men, if you're an X-Men, X-Men fan, you can check out Eric and our past guest, Hillary. They have a, a podcast together where they talk exclusively about the X-Men mm-hmm. called Previously on X-Men. Mm-hmm. You can find them on Twitter at Previously on X. Previously on X. You can find all the information at RadioMeanwhile.com. Yeah. So check that Woo. out. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. That, is that it for you? Watch the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, like, yeah. Like many other people. Okay. It was good. Uh, this last season has been divisive okay. online right. with fans, uh, like but, most things these days. But you're on board. Um, I enjoyed the season for the most part. You can, I never found Game of Thrones to be a show that one enjoys. Hmm. Uh, that <laughs> Like a Joyce Carol Oates novel. Maybe, yes. Yeah. yeah. You definitely get through it and be like, please, please don't be as a terrible time from my heart and all this stuff. Um, you know what? What? It just occurred to me. Like a Joyce Carol Oates novel, there's also a lot of awkward sex and... Uh, violence? Dark violence. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, so if you're a Game of Thrones fan, check out Mud Woman. Yeah. By Joyce Carol Oates. <laughs> By Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. Um, there is a, a lot... Of, there was a big battle... In, okay. in this season uh, where they were fighting the big bad and every, so there were some people who were disappointed by it. I didn't have a single problem with that episode okay. or the resolution. I was fine with it, enjoyed it. Uh, there was a character twist in the show that has upset a lot of people. Okay. I was also fine with it. All some right. people thought it was a little bit too rushed. I feel like there's been eight seasons leading up to it. <laughs> but the last episode did have twist as well Okay, that... I did feel was a little rushed, and then the aftermath was also rushed. Mm. So for okay. some people who are upset about that, that I definitely I relate to. Okay. I don't think the episode was bad. I'm uh, for me, I'm definitely glad. Like, okay, we're done with war. We're done <laughs> with violence. People can just li- live. We don't have to watch this anymore. Are you so. going to start watching Fear the Game of Thrones? Yeah, okay. yeah, the spinoff about yep. the family that just yeah lives on a boat yeah, 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 <laughs> this yeah. show. Yep. Uh, no, I'm done with Game of They're starting like four prequels yeah, or something. I no, I. Oh, it blows my mind that HBO doesn't have anything ready to like. Oh my goodness! Show uh, during the you know as you as you press play or we're watching the last episode. They had this like montage of all the shows that are sh- <laughs> coming up, and it's like his Dark Materials, yeah. Watchmen, and it was just like all these shows. I'm like, boy, it's just like if they had a voice saying, please, please don't. Um, that probably would have been more effective. Maybe, because it's like Watchmen, but, you know, not the comic, and it's actually after the comic, so there's none of the characters. His Dark Materials. Remember that Polar Bear movie with uh, Daniel Craig? No? Well, now it's a show. <laughs> uh, Polar Bear re- remember, movie with Remember Craig. Deadwood? Not Deadwood. Was it Deadwood? Deadwood. Yeah. yeah dead. Do you remember it? I do. It's back! Whoa! <laughs> so, all you got, I never of... got on that train. I've seen no. some Deadwood, but it was not for me. <laughs> I like a lot of the actors. In yeah. it. I like Timothy Oliphant and Ian McShane. I think are great. But I watched as a show. the first four episodes. Yeah. When I finished Rome, I'm like, I need a new show. And after four episodes, I'm like, my ears are bleeding. I can no longer do this. Yeah. It is 
the yes it's the the cursing is just no, it would make yeah that's true it it is <laughs> it is true. terrible yeah i don't it just wasn't for me yeah no i i didn't stick with it either it's also kind of gross when you yes. watch when you like watch something's like it's a realistic take on the old west it's like oh yeah. yeah yeah no thank you you don't need to see that yeah so all right yeah well i know there's one more thing you did watch and that mm-hmm. is the film battlefield oh Earth. that's true so in the previous with you so yeah <laughs> In the previous episode, we did a deep dive into the, the book, book, Battlefield Earth, which I, I stand by. Liked, I like the yeah. book. I had a good time talking yeah. about it. I don't think uh, we got some nice feedback on that. So thanks. Yes. I would definitely suggest like if you're if you don't if you look at the book, Battlefield Earth, and like I'm not reading this, then listen to the podcast because <laughs> you will enjoy his description of the book, Battlefield Earth. Uh, I'm not sure it mu- will totally convince you to read it, but you'll definitely leave thinking a little bit more highly of the book or at least it's bigger concepts, I think. So it yeah. seems like it really does seems like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but done straight, mm. done totally straight yeah, without the be. British humor. That could be. Well, so. I, I mean, we, we, we I've talked. never heard you talk about bureaucracy so much yeah. than L. Ron Hubbard's Battlefield Earth. Seriously, seriously. It was almost prequel level of uh, <laughs> talking about politics <laughs> and things. Yes. But uh, so we, we watched this movie and it is truly spectacularly terrible. Nick was shocked. Nick was more it's, shocked than me. It was but. not. It was not fun in the slightest. No. And we did we did a, a whole separate... I joined Eric for a separate podcast where we talked all about this. We retweeted this on our page. Yeah. So you can look at, find it over on Three Nice Things, uh, the podcast. But we talked about this movie, and it was... Uh, it's unwatchable. I mean, mm-hmm. it really yeah. is it's probably Yet, the worst movie that I've ever for seen. For some reason, I really think it is. you want a Turl... Played by John Travolta, action yeah, figure. Yeah, I mean, it's a badge of honor at this point. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to play with it. Look, I just, I conquered Battlefield Earth. You can get one for about $10 from eBay or $75 from Amazon. Let me tell you what. Uh-huh. I think I deserve it because oh boy. I am the only living person <laughs> to have read the entire book uh-huh. and have purposely watched the entire yeah. movie. It's just me. Yeah. There's nobody else out there. Okay? Yeah. So yeah, I think I deserve bad. that action figure. But we did, we did watch it's this on movie. It's Netflix. Netflix yeah. is freaking out because they can't get friends yeah. for many for many more years, yeah. and yet Battlefield, Battlefield Earth is Earth. just on there. Battlefield Earth is probably like a nickel a year. Yeah, it's a, it's in just, a package deal. <laughs> so you can have like, these uh, five movies, uh, but you got to take Battlefield darn, Earth. We really want Blade Runner, but we have to take Battlefield darn Earth it. too. Yeah. yeah, it's in a Travolta package. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I if you're watching this on video, please look me right in the eyes when I tell you, don't watch this movie. Mm. Don't do it. Yeah. All right, that's it for you, bookmark wise. Yes. Let me take it away. I read a couple of graphic novels. Oh. I read Titan's Hunt. This is a Teen Titans story where DC keeps rebooting things. And this was one where the Teen Titans were kind of aware. Comics are confusing. I know. Teen Titans were aware of like an alternate reality and were kind of trying to figure out what the what the deal was. It was mm-hmm. too long and not that great. Oh. I read Spider-Man Worldwide, Volume 7. Thank you, Eric. No problem. Eric adjusted my microphone. It's all right. Uh, I read Spider-Man Worldwide, Volume 7. So this has been a... I've read seven volumes of this series, and I really enjoy it. <laughs> it's where Peter Parker, Spider-Man, runs like a huge, like, multinational billion-dollar corporation. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very good. And this was this was kind of the end of that. Oh. So it, it ends, and then it kind of gives you, here's what's happening next. And I'm into what's happening next, too. So I'm probably going to continue to follow the series. Dan Slot's gone. From the world? No, he he stopped. Uh, he's retired from Spider Man. He was writing it for like ten years. Yeah, it's a long and, run. And uh, he stopped. So you're you still have? I mean, I do too. You have plenty of dance lot. Do I, don't I? Know. post yeah. worldwide? He's still on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but then he starts writing Iron Man. Uh, okay. So, so I read those two graphic novels. Uh, I read two books. I read Mickey Dolan's book. I'm a believer, and I loved it. 
I thought and you was, learned a lot. I, I did. I thought it was great. It was a lot more like in uh, how the how the albums were made and the different dynamics, the group dynamics. It was much more uh, monkeys centric mm-hmm. uh, than the Nesmic book, book that I read a while back, Infinite Tuesday, which as as I expected, mm-hmm. my only my only like negative feeling about this is just it was written in the mid '90s at a time where the monkeys were like not. They were their popularity was kind of done, and they weren't really getting along super well. Mm-hmm. And then they rebounded, and then mm-hmm. like fixed all their relationships and toured together and did more albums and all that. But it ends on kind of a down note, oh. just because of the time that it was written. Yeah. So if you know that that's not the end of the story, it's yeah. a, I loved it. It I really loved it. If you're and a I'll never fan, team up with the monkeys again. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so if you're a monkeys fan, it's it's definitely worth a read. It's mm-hmm. a quick read. Lots of good pictures. It's great. I read Indiana Jones in the Interior World. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not good. This was yeah. not good. Ikea Didn't always like sounds it. like a nice place <laughs> until you're actually in there. Yeah. Just kidding. It's the Interior World. <laughs> uh, so this is a series I started so long ago. I feel like I've been reading this this Indiana Jones 1985? Not that long. <laughs> but probably, probably since like 2003 have I occasionally read one of these Indiana Jones books. Mm-hmm. And they're always hit and miss, and this was a total miss. But oh. some of the other ones have been pretty good. Had a few four star ratings on Goodreads. Yeah. I saw. A few. So I guess if you like it, it was just Indiana Jones was yeah. really like I mean, if you if you like what they did with it, mm-hmm. I think that's it. Either you can accept that this mm-hmm. is like a weird trippy story. Basically, there's an, a subterranean world. Oh. Which I thought was a little too fantastical for Indiana Jones. Yeah. And he was not really like the driving force behind it. He was right. always just kind of a passenger in what was going on. Mm-hmm. I just felt like write a novel about there being a interior yeah. world and don't include indiana jones yeah. if that's what you want to do i've got that police song like stuck in my head i no. the only one i know is every little thing she does the one where it's like so. interior world i'm i'm singing around madonna's material world no okay uh so hmm. let's see i read that i am currently reading road of bones by david back this is a yeah. wolverine book yeah. I'm reading it because I've had it in my house for probably 10, 15 years. <laughs> uh, and we're doing the X-Men Spotlight, so I thought Woo! now's the perfect yeah. time. So I'm reading that. Yeah. And I'm also reading one called Don't Believe It by Charlie Donnelly. And I'm really liking this. Yeah, I'm what about, is this? I'm about halfway through. It's kind of a take on um, like the serial, serial podcast and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Basically, someone's convicted of a crime and they're out of, they're out of appeals and all that. And they reach out to uh, an old friend who's a journalist and is like... You know, use your power basically to mm-hmm. do a show that proves my innocence. Okay. So it's working really well. It could be cheesy, and maybe it still will be because I'm not finished with it yet. But uh, so far, I'm really liking it. Nice. Uh, it's much better than uh, the movie Battlefield Earth. Oh, is that what you're comparing everything to now? No, but it's just worth noting. Yeah, that it's like, significantly how d- better. Yeah, how'd you like those chicken tenders? Well, they were better, better than, than Battlefield than Earth. Battlefield Earth. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then finally, finally, I watched. The Jim Carrey show, Kidding. So mm. this is a Showtime show. He's supposed to be like Mr. Rogers, right? Yes. And uh, I, this is going to surprise you, Eric, because I never do this. Uh, I watched the entire season in one sitting. Nick is very bad at binging shows. I watched the whole, all 10 episodes. My wife oh. was gone and I put it in. I was like, I'll watch a few of these. Uh-huh. And then like I kept watching it and uh-huh. she got home and I was like, no, no, I'm too in this now. <laughs> I got to <laughs> finish this series. So she went to bed and I finished it. Uh-huh. Wait, in, in one day? In one sitting. Whoa. Yeah. 
I watched the whole series. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Ten yeah. episodes. Anyway, uh, I have very mixed feelings about this. <laughs> okay. Here's the here's the premise. Okay. <laughs> Jim Carrey, yes, plays has been doing basically a Mick Ro- Mick Rogers. A Mick Rogers. Who's that? <laughs> a Mr. Rogers type show for like thirty years. Yeah. His hey, dad, what up, kids? I'm Mick Rogers. Is your parents like divorced? The, Too bad. Yeah. Mick Rogers out. <laughs> Thank <Sorry>. you. <laughs> Uh, his, his, so Jim Carrey's character Pickles is his name, Mr. Pickles. His dad <laughs> runs the show. Uh, his sister works on the show and it starts with his family having been in a car crash and one of his twin son dies. Oh. And so he, what he's wanting to address this on the show mm-hmm. and everybody's like, no, you can't talk about that kind of thing on the show. Right. And it just starts to like gradually more and more like his anger mm. builds up and he starts to feel like a fraud because he's not addressing things with like the kids who are watching the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his marriage is falling apart and his relationship with his other son is strained and things just kind of like fester and bubble and get kind of worse and worse. Right. Ultimately, I Does was, he murder somebody? No. Okay. Ultimately, I was uh, dissatisfied with it uh-huh. because it felt like one of those things where something would happen and I would be like, oh, that's got to be meaningful. Like that's they're really they're trying to say something here. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, like, all this will be clear in the next episode. By the end of the first season, I don't know what they were telling you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what your takeaway is supposed to be. And it also doesn't seem purposely ambiguous so mm-hmm. like either i'm dense and i just missed it hmm. or it doesn't quite hit its mark all right so if well, anybody else has watched this show i want to talk about it all right. so all the book show on twitter right. let me know yeah we'll set up a poll is nick dense or is it the show yeah, or is mr pickles <laughs> not all he's cracked up to be <laughs> so we do have this first it's a showtime series it has been renewed for season two oh, we good. have season one in the collection right here always on checked out it's well, very I just, popular i just checked it out yeah. and returned it yeah watch it in one sitting i don't know if i mentioned <laughs> that but you sure i did, did it wow that's i powered something. through it uh stephen king's the outsider mm-hmm. uh is is a book that came out maybe, reminds me of that uh police song yeah maybe like two years ago <laughs> this came out um, and it's about there's a, a, a crime is committed in a small town and everybody Gosh. assumes like this is the person who did it right. and then things kind of did you read this go from there I tried oh. I tried and I read a significant portion of it and I just didn't like it too dark I just I mean it was it was dark but I think it's just I don't like when Stephen King writes like a James Patterson oh novel. you could have ended it there for me <laughs> just kidding like the, a James Patterson novel yeah like Mr. Mercedes uh-huh is totally like a James Patterson type novel like he's trying to be like an airport read no well I mean it, it's like it's a more straightforward procedural mm-hmm. the, the outsider to me was like if you take a, a James Patterson and you mix it with a little bit of Stephen King's needful things mm-hmm. but uh, I started reading this because his new book that's coming out features a character who is in the Mercedes trilogy in the outsider. And then she's going to be the lead in this new book. And I thought, Oh, I should read the outsider. And it's not that she's a bad character. It's just, I don't like when he writes these procedural novels. Right. So I guess I gave up on the outsider, which I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to read the next one. So, Hey, that's all. And I was just asking Ursula who works here. She was on our Stephen King episode. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? I don't know. What episode? L- longer that? than the Batman and Superman stuff. Yeah, I guess so. so episode it was like episode 12? nine, everyone. Oh, I Ursula said, was yeah. on for episode nine when we did our Stephen King spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked her about it because she's an expert from way back in the day. I mean, she's she read the first Stephen King has continued all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I asked her. She, she agreed. Just oh. not good. Yeah. Not his best stuff. So I was disappointed in it and I thought I would pass that along. I didn't feel like I could include it in my bookmark since I right. didn't finish it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the more you know. Oh. All right. 
No, he just did the uh, was like a rainbow. Yeah, it's like a rainbow with a star. Yeah. Yeah, the star ABC, leading. Classic. Yeah, like reading rainbow. Let's do some book news. Tell me what's on the old uh, New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, New York Times bestsellers list for hardcover fiction. Let's start at ten. Oh, well, let's check the bottom. Oh, Fire and Blood went down to fourteen. That's so, a George R. R. Martin. Yeah. So we'll see if that comes back with we the will end see of if it will. yeah with the end of Game of Thrones. You know what? I'm what? actually pretty surprised that they're not putting out like a fancy version of the first book or something like that. Like there doesn't seem to be any real like tie-in with the end of the series. I don't know, man. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the world's pretty terrible these days, so that's kind of it. like a real life tie-in. <laughs> okay, Nick just silently resigned and went to his laptop. He does not want to engage. Let's do this then. Book number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list for hardcover fiction. What did I say? You said New York. Yeah. New York. Yeah. Like Newark. Yeah, Newark. The Newark. <laughs> the Newark's bestseller. Yeah. Wow. Hi, everybody. Gail here. Let's check out the top 10 books I read this week. That's your. That's Newark for you? I don't know where Newark is. It's in New Jersey. Oh. Well, then, no. I definitely, like a Jersey accent. I couldn't do that okay. if I wanted to. I think it's probably best, probably best you don't. So. All right. Number 10, new this week, The Guest Book by Sarah Blake. Evie Milton uncovers a story. What? I nothing. I just I'm not familiar with this book at all. Well, it's new. Well, I know, but usually I will have heard of them. Huh. Evie. Well, maybe you should check out the guest book. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That that didn't lead anywhere. And I'm spending a lot of time in Newark, so. I <laughs> Evie Milton uncovers a story going back to a couple generations that may shatter a family myth. <laughs> so yeah, Dad was a Sasquatch. A we Sasquatch. Fi- we find out in the guest Dad book. Dad was a Sasquatch. We find out there was the Sasquatch not real. You know what? This is neither here nor there, but I just learned that Eric's never seen the classic film Harry and the Hendersons. That's true. Which does deal with a Sasquatch and John yeah. Lithgow. And I don't really, I couldn't sing you uh, Benny and the Jets. By Elton John? Yeah. Oh, I could. So Benny and the Jets and Harry and the Hendersons, kind of blind spots for this uh, guy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that might be my best material of this uh, month. Sadly, it is. Aw. Aw. Uh, you want to talk about John Sanford at number nine? Neon Prey. So why do you get to make that joke? But my Harry and the Hendersons thing didn't work. Mine was subtle. I guess. Uh, yeah, Neon Prey by John Sanford, the 29th book in the Prey series. Lucas Davenport goes after a serial killer, just like he has 28 <laughs> I was times. I just going to say, wow. That's, that's like the, the Elvis movie. It's like they're all, they're yeah, all exactly yeah. the same one-line plot. What is What would be the one-line plot then for Elvis? If you had to just do one right now. Uh, let's see. Elvis falls in love and punches someone. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sometimes he goes to a clam bake. Okay, clam bake. Why are you... Da- is that? Is there a clam, a clam bake song? Bake. It's a clam bake. A clam bake. Gonna have a clam bake. Does he sing a song about a clam bake? Yeah, it's. I was doing it. Clam No, I know. Bake. Gonna have a clam bake. I know you're doing it, but I guess part of me didn't know well, if this was a, clam bake, clam a parody. Well, little baby loves... No, this is all real. Oh, this wow. is all real. The Elvis film Clam Bake. There's a oh okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend the Elvis film Clam Bake. If you'd like to know my favorite Elvis films, they are as follows. Oh boy, Change of Habit uh-huh. with Mary Tyler Moore. Right. Viva Las Vegas uh-huh. with Anne Margaret. Right. Easy Come, Easy Go. He plays a Navy frogman who finds a treasure underwater, uh-huh. but wants to wait till he gets out of the Navy to report it. That way he can keep it instead of giving it to the Navy. Right. Some hairy stuff. Yeah. Those are my f- those are my three favorites. Okay. Top three favorite Elvis movies. Nice. There you go. My brother loves Harem Scarum. Okay. Uh, number eight, The Big Kahuna by Janet Ivanovich and Peter Ev- Ivanovich. Oh, wait. 
Peter's her, her son. Her son. Yeah, we figured the, this out. The sixth book in the Fox and O'Hare series. An FBI agent teams up with a con man to search for a Silicon Valley billionaire. Number seven. New this week. The Road Home by Richard Paul Evans. The third book in the Broken Road series. Hmm. Charles James continues his journey on Route 66 to his ultimate destination. What if it was Charles Grodin instead? Yeah. Did you watch that? Which one's Charles Grodin? Charles Grodin. Grodin? No, I don't know who he is. Famous actor. Sorry. From what? I mean, you'd probably know him most from Beethoven. He was the dad in the film Beethoven. Oh, yeah. Um, my memory of Beethoven is more just like very vague images. Mm. I remember going to see the movie Beethoven, and I was in a very bad mood. Uh-huh. I didn't want to go, and I refused to laugh during all of the movie. Wow. Yeah. That's hardcore. One time, though, Beethoven bit the villain in the crotch, and uh. I did laugh. <laughs> I did laugh. Yeah. I remember liking that the, the sun who's like a little kid, yeah. gets behind the driver's yeah. seat and drives into like a wall. I remember the, thinking that was the most exciting thing I'd ever seen in my life. The villain in Beethoven was Dean Jones, who was who from like Herbie the Love Bug and lots, oh. of, lots of classic Disney movies of like 60s and 70s. Right. Always the hero, so it was fun to see him as the villain. But then Beethoven bit his crotch. Right. So. And so that was written by Richard Paul Evans? No. Oh. No, no, no. Okay. No, it's totally irrelevant. <laughs> um, number six on the New York Times bestsellers list is new this week. It's Storm Curse by Patricia Briggs. Storm Curse. This is the 11th book in the Mercy Thomas series. We need to get Kate on the horn here because uh, our children's librarian, Kate, frequent, frequent uh, what's the word when someone doesn't want to do something? I don't know. Okay. Employee? Uh, <laughs> uh, Kate loves this series. Yeah. She's like up to date on this series. And I've only yeah. read, they always oh, okay. sound kind of fun to me. Oh, yeah. She's like, they're super, they're vaguely supernatural. She's like mm-hmm. a shape shifting vampire werewolf. I don't know. I'll ask Kate. Right. All right. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Reluctant. That's the word I was looking but for. But both vampires. Reluctant podcast guests yeah. is what Kate is. Yeah. Vampires and werewolves individually are shape shifters. They are. Yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Maybe she's a shape-shifting hunter of vampire. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, that would be I different. Know. You know what? You keep talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text. Dangers Kate. swell as death approaches. Huh. That's the best. I guess at book 11, you, you kind of start running out of steam. I don't know. A werewolf is here, too. Book number five on the New York Express Sellers list uh, is new this week. It's Sunset Beach by Mary Kay Andrews. Is that Drews? Oh, that's Drew. Sorry, I added a C there. Drew Campbell inherits a rundown beach bungalow and takes a job at his estranged father's personal injury attorney office. That's a lot there. Yeah. If I have personal injury attorney office, his father's, his estranged father's. And all we got for the Sanford one is there's a serial killer on the loose. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Uh, Number four is not new this week. It's been here for a bit. Okay. It's David Baldacci's Redemption. Redemption. But he has no redemption for Nick Mm -mm. as a reader. Nope. I tried. Sorry, Dave. So number three is new this week. The Queen. The Queen is back. Blessings in Disguise by Danielle Steele. Oh. I read an article about like queen. how... That's popular fiction. Yeah, basically of how Daniel Steele is like the richest person in publishing or something. Basically. Yes. Yeah. I uh, think I, at one point she, mm-hmm. had, she was like the record holder for like the most books. Sold. Yeah. Yeah. If she wanted to, we we tend not to t- uh, talk down about her books because if she wanted to, she could buy and sell this podcast a yeah, million times she over. Could. She could. She could replace us with a chimp and a typewriter. Yeah. yeah. And or uh-huh. make us stay and force us to read the copy. Oh, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Of the monkey from the typewriter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. So interesting. Uh, this just in. I, banana's still great. Let me let me ask you a serious question. Yeah. And I know you don't like to do this, so okay. feel free to say no. Mm-hmm. Would you like? To read a Daniel Steele novel Mm-mm. with me, Mm-mm. and then we do a special episode of the podcast about it. It depends on how dense they think you are from that kidding thing. 
on the poll. But maybe, so if they don't think I'm dense, <laughs> you'll read a Daniel Steele. I'm going to get somebody to read a Daniel what, Steele Which one would we pick? Period. Johnny Angel. But you just had that locked and loaded. Johnny Angel was a bestseller at the first library I worked at. Uh-huh. And we had like a million copies. It's small. It's blue. I think it's about a ghost. Okay. Uh, probably an angel. Yeah. I don't know. That's just the one I... When I always think of Daniel Steele, I always think of Johnny Angel. Okay. When I think of Daniel Steele, I think of somebody just sitting in like a corporate office. Yeah. Just waiting for people like daniel Steele. what if we wrote this book and she's like hmm that's terrible and then she pulls a lever and the guy falls down a trap okay. door into a bunch of alligators and then she goes and swims through coins and yeah. bills yeah. like scrooge mcduck every now and then she waits for superman to show up by her windows and like uh, talk about how she doesn't own this city anymore boy. she's like things don't work that way oh, in daniel no. Steele's oh, world no. this is all eric this is not me daniel <laughs> i haven't said anything negative <laughs> let's see uh blessings in disguise isabel mcavoy faces challenges as she raises three daughters from three separate fathers on her own. You kind of said that like Michael J. Fox. You were like, faces challenges. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. That's all. All right. Michael J. Fox will be playing that role as well. Oh, really? No. That's great. Um, the 18th... Up, okay. This is... Uh, oh, this is the book I saw being advertised at 5 p.m. in between a yes. castle rerun. That's right. That's or right. Or Bones rerun. Yeah. Sorry. Uh the 18th abduction by james patterson and maxine pietro oh, maxine so this is the 18th book in the woman's murder club series which yeah. is his most popular series would you say well outside I don't of know alex that's cross true i mean here yeah. here uh it eclipses alex cross like oh. the wait list for the women's murder club is off the charts yeah Lindsay boxer investigates the disappearance of three female female teachers yeah Lindsay boxer is he an actual like the dog the bo- a boxer Lindsay the boxer. Yeah, Lindsay the boxer. Said, Lindsay the boxer dog. Yeah. yeah, solving mysteries. <laughs> yeah, those are. I almost adopted a boxer. Did you? Yeah, it was really? a choice between a boxer and a corgi mix. Oh. And we took we took the corgi mix. Mm-hmm. You know him as Scooter. I do. Scooter, come on out. Wow, this is <laughs> wow. Was Scooter or Mike Tyson? Yeah, basically. So, um, was that number one? Scooter? No, that, that <laughs> he is number, number one. one. I know he is in your heart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's number one party dog. If I have to, <laughs> if I had to tell you this right now, number uh, one. Party number dog. one. Let's see if you can guess what number one on the New York Times bestsellers list is. Oh, right now, where yeah. the crawdads sing. Yes, that's okay. it. Where the crawdads sing by uh, Delia Owens, woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect on the Reese Witherspoon book club, and Reese Witherspoon is getting ready to do Big Little Lies season yeah, two. Yeah, and Reese Witherspoon is also going to be in uh... Shrek. No, she was never in Shrek. Oh. She's in Legally Blonde. What is it? What is it? Little Fires Everywhere. Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. By Celeste NG. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to? Anyway, that's yeah. it. So where the crawdads sing. When do you think they'll do a Legally Blonde where she covers like a serial killer? Wow. Legally Blonde 3. I guess there kind of was a Legally I, Blonde Yeah, three. wasn't there? There was two with her and then there was one with like teenagers. Oh, it's like a prequel. There's a musical. No, I don't think it is because she's like, I don't know. Okay. But there's a musical now. There is a musical, yeah. yes. But when, so Legally Blonde four. I guess. She's like, this man did not kill those five people horrifically. Yeah. No, he was found Could covered be. in their blood. Hold on. What? Fresh off the presses. I just asked Kate what the Mercy Thompson series is. Okay. She says, it's an urban fantasy series that follows a shapeshifter, so I got that part right, right. living in a werewolf world. There are also oh, yeah. many other creatures like witches, vampires, and goblins. Yeah. I was very close. You were. Thank you, You Kate. know, in a way, we're all living in a werewolf's world. Try being, hmm. try being a man in a werewolf's world. It's not easy. Yeah. So well, now we know. Yeah. Goblins know. and she said creatures, but then said witches. Yeah. That that seems um hmm. like derogatory. The, yeah, those are people. Yeah, I guess so. Witches tend to be people. Vampires tend to be people, they at do. least until they get turned into vampires. Then they're bats and yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're bats and things. Yeah. All right. Rats. 
as well. They basically they seem if they it's a swarm of rats, yeah, they could turn into a swarm of rats oh, I don't and like bats. That. I don't like so that. So you could be all. like, oh snap, Dracula's no. got to get out of here. No. Turns into rats, and then you just got like eighty I rats. Like, I like the feet. attitude Dracula had, but I don't <laughs> like that he can turn into rats. Okay. All right, let's look at the nebulas. Yeah. So in further book news, would you watch and or read? Uh, a modern retelling of Dracula, but as a teenager. I so it's Dracula you, with attitude. I will tell you when you play the awards theme music. Nick and Eric the would, would I read a teenage Dracula story? Yeah. Uh, that's called Twilight. And I will not read no, it. No, no, no. I mean, actual Dracula. Actual Dracula. Actu- actual Dracula. He, he's, he's, there's been no vampires but Dracula, but he's a teenager, so he's got attitude. No, I don't think so. Okay. It's not my jam. Like, he's in school, and his teacher's like, Dracula, what was the answer to this algebra mm-hmm. question? He's like, meh, 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 meh. I didn't realize this uh, until I was just reminded of it when I was working the desk the other day. Uh-huh. Bram Stoker's great, maybe it's great, great, I don't know, nephew mm-hmm. wrote an official sequel to Dracula. Oh. It's like you know, uh-huh. the official sequel. Sure. And he also has a new book out now that follows like a young Bram Stoker. Oh. So if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. We've got it here at the mm-hmm. David A. Howe Public Library, your friendly neighborhood library. I tend to be more interested in dinosaurs. We so. Are so, we're so far away from the award <laughs> theme now. Does anybody remember what we're doing? We're talking about the Nebula Awards. Do you want to play it again, the theme? Uh, a second time. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. All right, the Nebula Awards were announced. Eric, uh, you know more about these than me, so why don't you take it away? Nebula Awards are a popular awards handed out to science fiction and fantasy. Uh, They seem to be better at honoring fantasy novels than, say, the Hugos, which tend to be... uh, Historically, I've noticed the Hugos are more science fiction leading, uh, though they just awarded three fantasies in a row Mm. for the same series. Um, But the Nebulas uh, tend to be a little... I think they're often referred to more as the Academy Awards. Okay. Um, Because, again, the Hugos are fan-voted, are uh, are votes of the people, by the people, for the people, of the people, for the people. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And the Nebulas are not. So... Yeah. Okay. Do you know? So who who is the voting body of the Nebulas? That is there like an academy or something of the uh, awards are awarded by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. Okay. The SFWA, a nonprofit association of professional science fiction and fantasy writers. Okay. Uh, They were first given in 1966. It's a pretty good run. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we let's save novel for very last. Somebody, uh, I've seen. Yes, this is what I've seen. I've, um. They're considered a very prestigious award. Great. So there have been some books that win Hugo, Nebula, and the Philip K. Dick Award, and that's usually wow. considered like... The Triple Crown. Yes, that's that's a big deal. So Neuromancer won all three of those. Oh, wow. Okay, great. I think. Uh, let's do novella first. Would you like to talk... Would you like to say the nominees, Eric? I sure would. Okay. I'm just going to click on the Nebula Awards The now. novellas are <laughs> Fire Ant. By Jonathan P. Brazi, The Black God's Drums by Paige Clark, uh, Alice Payne Arrives by Kate Hartfield, mm-hmm. God's Monsters and the Lucky Peach by uh-huh. Kelly Robson, and Artificial Condition <gasps> by Martha Wells. I read that. And uh, did I read that one? I don't know if I did. If 
uh, you haven't listened to our Martha Wells interview yet, oh, you yeah. have but to go back just a few episodes because we got a chance to talk to Martha Wells herself. The winner is the team master and the detective. Oh, I shouldn't have taken that over. No, no, that's fine. Uh, by <laughs> this is why I shouldn't have taken over. Oh, I see. Uh, it looks French. Aliette de Bodard. Yeah. Team master and the detective. So novella, of course, smaller are you supposed than to, a novel. Are you supposed to pronounce the D? Bodard? Like Bodar? No, I don't know. Okay. I'm not French. Uh, yes, novella is smaller than a novel, Nick. A novelette is darn adorable. Yeah. Just even smaller. Yeah. It's like your little, uh, just a little pocket yeah. thing. Yeah. Now, so you read Artificial Condition. Are you familiar with these other authors or titles? I am not. The Nebula also tends to um, have a much different uh, list, nominees, yeah. than the Hugos. The Hugos, I, they do tend to be like mostly... I'm not a huge science fiction reader, but typically when we do the Hugos, I will at least recognize yes. the names. And here, I, yes. I there's not a lot that I yes. that I do. Episode 190 was our Martha Wells interview, well, folks. If you want to go back, soundcloud.com slash all the books or anywhere you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. Novelette. The <laughs> nominees are The Only Harmless... Oh, no. The Last Banquet of Temporal Confections by Tina Connolly. Mm-hmm. An Agent of Utopia by Andy Duncan. The Substance of My Lives, The Accidents of Our Births by Jose Pablo Iriart. The Rule of Three by Lawrence M. Sean and Messenger by Yunjala Winjarthai and R.R. Verdi. And the winner, Eric, is The Only Harmless Great Thing by Brooke Bolander. Bolander. Short stories. Which is shorter than a novelette. Correct. But yeah, bigger than a paragraph. The next one is one word. <gasps> the best yeah. science fiction related single word. Single word, yes. It's right after yes. short stories. Yes. Um, you know what? Uh-huh. I've read all of these short stories. Well, so have I. Well, congratulations. Thank and you. Actually, I don't think we you bo- have. Uh, yes, I have. You've read Interview for the End of the World by Rhett C. Bruno. Was that in the list you gave me? No, it wasn't. Oh, well, then no, I haven't. Okay. Darn it. Sorry. You tricked me, Nick Gunning. I know. I'm sorry. Interview for You'll the End of the World. You'll be hearing from Danielle Steele about this. By Rhett C. Bruno. Mm-hmm. So this was one that was not readily available online. You, you, could, get it, mm-hmm. you could get it from different places. So I read this one, and it... Uh, was probably my favorite of the of the short stories yeah. that well, that I read. I didn't read it because it I wasn't know. available online or from friends. I forgot that it wasn't <laughs> in that PDF that I made. Anyway, I thought this was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Totally understand why it didn't win because it's really more. It's almost more like a like a um, a prelude to, oh. a, to a novel series, mm-hmm. and so it worked on its own. But because it's like set up, I could see where maybe that would kind of like in case of a tie, it would kind of drop it down a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but again, the author on that is Rhett C. Bruno, Interview for the End of the World. Uh, I looked into this series because I was really intrigued by this, uh-huh. um, and I would like to read it. So anyway, okay. that's one. Going Dark by Richard Fox. I also really like this one. Which one Did was this? Like this, one? this is the one where he was he was going into like the, the haunted house. Oh, yeah. This was probably my favorite one. Yeah, I, I agree. I It was right up there for me in this other one. Yeah. Uh, this, this was the one that I was hoping for. I thought okay. this was most likely to win. And Yet by A.T. Greenblatt is the one that we're talking about. I always confuse it with Going Dark because that sounds like Yet. Oh, Going Dark is the one about the robot soldier. Yes. Yeah, that didn't true. do anything for no, me. No, that was low on my list. Yeah. That's true. But let's talk about Anyet a little yeah. bit. So Anyet like, is a a guy has gone into a haunted house of his youth. And he's like a scientist. Yes. Like, trying to prove like alternate worlds. Yeah. Theories he's trying to prove that it's not a haunted house, that right. it's a convergence of quantum yeah. mechanics and that you can go into parallel universes. Right. Yeah. And I think why why it works so well is because it really plays on a lot of classic 
a haunted house themes, yeah. but it also has that extra layer of like you know his Chocolate. his scientific oh, right. his scientific interest in it as right. well as his personal just, interest. Yeah, the way that it's all treated, I thought that this made for a very compelling yeah. story. So he's again, trying to his his little brother. Uh, he was supposed to be watching his little brother, yes. and his little brother uh, got hit by a car and died um, due to that. On the way to this haunted house. On the way to the haunted house. And so now he's basically trying to reverse things. And things might go a little wrong for him. Yes. Uh, so that these are all yeah. nominees. We haven't hit the yeah. winner yet. A Witch's Guide to Escape, a practical compendium of portal fantasies. If you could also include a pandering compendium. Um, <laughs> it, this, this, is a, this is a short story had to be written by a librarian for so, librarians. Probably. And as a librarian... Yeah. It, it just kind of annoyed me. I'm yeah, like, we're I'd... not, we're not handing out vaccines for mono. You know, yeah, yeah, is that I a thing? Can you hand out vaccines for mono? You think you need to have a medical license? <laughs> yeah. Basically, there's a kid with a rough home life who's coming into the library a lot, yes. and the librarians are all witches. Yes. And they're watching this all of this unfold. Yeah. Um, and you know, it just becomes very fantastical and very mm -hmm. like heartwarming. She, yes, it's heartwarming. Every book she's giving him is supposed to be like helping him through something. But I guess it's like you're giving him the Count of Monte Cristo. That's yeah. the best you can do. I know some witch. I know. Um, and of course she's like, oh, and I'm waiting to give him Harry Potter because you need us. It's like shut up. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> With apologies to Alex Iharo yeah. for Eric's epic takedown here. Sorry. I mean, it's nice. Yes, libraries are important and books are very important and. What this story says is true about escapism and everything, but it's just it's just told in kind of a way that just makes me go like, yeah. all right. It has a positive <laughs> message. Yeah. I, I think that it was a little too sweet. Yeah. And then finally, The Court Magician by Sarah Pinsker. Uh, this this was, I mean, you can kind of guess what it's about right there. Court nom, Magician nom. Uh, was a little on the dark side. Oh, yeah. I This one didn't also do that too much, didn't do too much for me because I also didn't really understand it as much as I should. It didn't seem like a complicated thing. But by the end, I'm like, I don't know what I just read. Mm. Uh, speaking of things that didn't do much for me, the winner, The Secret Lives of the Nine Negro Teeth of George Washington. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy this one? Yeah. Okay. For the most part. It basically just tells the story of each of where George Washington got yeah. each of his individual I, teeth. I like the structure of the story, but then it would say whenever George Washington put this tooth in, and it was always just kind of like, well, it did the exact same thing that the right. person did. So right. if the person, if the uh, if the slave that the tooth came from had run away, George Washington couldn't find the tooth. And I'm like, right. well, that's not as creative as it could be. Right. I didn't think it was particularly so. nuanced. It also didn't feel very sci-fi-ish to me. Did you think? No, it was more fantastical. There yeah. was magic in there. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, people were falling out of the sky yeah. and uh, causing spells just and a, everything. Just a personal preference thing, but I, I just didn't yeah. think it quite... Ba uh, it. The end, I mean, they, they connected to uh, George Washington's decree to free yeah. all his slaves right. uh, upon his wife's death. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, that that was the winner there. Again, the winner was The Secret Lives of the Nine Negro Teeth of George Washington. Ray. Patterson, Jelly Clark. Way Brad, uh, Ray Bradbury Award for Outstanding Dramatic Presentation. Let's do it. All right. The Good Place. Jeremy Baramy. That was a pretty funny episode. Black Panther. A Quiet Place. Dirty Computer. Sorry to Bother You. And the winner is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think Yay! that's a pretty well-deserved yeah. one in there. Yeah. Although, again, I'm... I'm pretty. I'm both frustrated and surprised that Star Trek Discovery got nothing mm. because it really had some sp like spectacular episodes, especially like the writing. I mm -hmm. think it was particularly strong, especially towards the tail end of the season. There's probably two episodes in particular. Uh, one one deals with the time loop, and one deals with another 
you know, situation on a planet where you right. have a communication issue. Uh, both of those are just so strong um, that I'm surprised that both the Hugos and the Nebulas didn't see that. I don't know if like mm. it's just not like hip to put Star Trek up for this. If that just seems like too I don't know too old hat, but I don't know, man. I think they're both very deserving. But I'm also pleased that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse uh, screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Put one. I think that's an excellent choice. Andre Norton Award for Young Adult Science Fiction and Fantasy. So you have Aru Shaha in The End of Times by Roshni Chowski. And this is a, yeah, a Rick uh, Riordan Presents book. Uh, Light in the Dark by A.K. Dubov. Uh, Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. Uh, Peace Sprout Chen, Future Legend of Skate and Sword by Henry Lin. Mm Mm-hmm. Tests of the Road by Rachel Hartman. And the winner is Child of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adamahi, which we, or I've said that very incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, Adam That We've talked about that book a lot. Yeah. That was on the best sellers list a lot. That was on every, a lot of people's. Choice or at least was yes, that was on a lot of people's best of list. Um, so not a surprise there. All right, let's look at the, uh, the one. The best novel. The best novel. Mm-hmm. Nominees include The Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. Mm. Witchmark by C.L. Polk. Which one? Witchmark. I, I asked you. Witchmark is the title. Witchmark is one word. Witchmark. The one word is the mark? I can't. <laughs> Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. That's the sequel to the other book, The Uprooted. Blackfish City by Sam J. Miller. The Poppy War by R.F. Quang. And the mm-hmm. winner, The Calculating Stars by Ro- Mary Robinette Kowal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, there's already a sequel to this book out. Oh. Calculating Stars. The series is called uh, Lady Astronaut. The second uh, novel yes. is called The Faded Sky. And it's a pretty compelling uh, plot, I think. Basically, a, an asteroid lands on the um, Earth off the coast of North America in the 50s. Oh. And every, it sets off like a big climate catastrophe and everybody starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. And so instead of like the space race to get to the moon, it's like a space race to colonize the solar system because nice. like Earth is dying. Oh. Which is true even today. Let me just add that to my to-read list. Okay. Uh, well, we have it here for the collection. Well, let so. me add it. Well, we have uh, it, is all I'm saying. Mary Robinette Cowell has been around for a while now. I she do recognize ha- the name. What, yes. do, what would I know? Uh, you might not know, but she wrote the you know. um, Milk and Honey series, the Magic of Milk and Honey series. Um, we have a, another book of hers in, the, in our collection as well. All right, so that is all for the Nebula Awards. So you can look up the Nebulas, nebula.com, and we'll be talking about the Hugos in the future. Most of the short stories are available online, and most of the books are available right here in the David A. Howe Public Library, so come check it out. All right, are you ready to talk Batman? I am. I can't spell astronaut to save my life. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, for Batman's 80th anniversary, they released the four films in 4K, uh, Blu-ray, which you can get on disc. Or do yeah. you, I guess, do you say Blu-ray when it's just a 4K disc? Is that a special format? Blu-ray is as far as I'm going and with physical media, okay. I think. I wasn't asking you to buy one. I was asking for clarification. I'm not doing this, Anyway, Nick. they got a great new overhaul, and they were put in theaters. We saw them you all. You have to say theaters. Theaters. We saw them all. Let's get into it. Yeah. First, let's talk Batman 89. All right. So we saw this at the Monarch. No, that's, <laughs> that happened in the film well why do i have such a distinct memory of the i think just phrase monarch anyway uh batman 89 starring michael keaton and kim basinger and jack nicholson who probably wouldn't enjoy that i gave him the ant slot but jack you gave jack nicholson the ant slot yeah no with with batman 89 you gotta say him first nicholson michael keaton yes jack yeah uh jack nicholson with michael keaton (laughs) i see i see i see uh so let me tell you i was six when this came out Uh uh-huh um 
I remember seeing, I know that I'd seen it by the time the Batman Returns came out. Uh huh. So I saw this as a very young child. Yes. Which I question that, but I did. Yeah. Um, and I, I always loved it. I mm-hmm. loved, I loved the action figures. I had an action <laughs> figure where his belt had uh-huh. like an elastic. No, it was like a winding thing. You could hook mm-hmm. it and then he'd like climb up it. Right. I loved it. I loved all the toys. I loved the movie. Uh, and I have kept that nostalgia for this movie there you go. all through the years. Um, I went for a long time without seeing it. I probably saw it maybe, I don't know, a few times like as as like a, maybe a teenager. Mm-hmm. I saw it probably five years ago and then I saw it in theaters. But I really felt like... Uh, I don't know. Like, something about being on the big screen. I feel like I saw it in a okay. totally different way. There were a yeah. lot of like little nuances, jokes, or just little things that were there mm-hmm. that are not new, but I hadn't picked up on before. So oh. I really enjoyed seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, Jack Nicholson cracked me up. Yeah, you were Start laughing nonstop finish, with Jack like, Nicholson. Yeah. Everything Jack Nicholson yeah. did just killed me. Yeah, and it never has before. So yeah. I, I think something about the big screen and yeah. and it looked the movie looked great. Yeah, it really did look great. That's true. Uh, but I like I said I've I've I have I love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I love Keaton in the role, mm-hmm. uh, which is it's still it's a weird choice. Like mm-hmm. if you look at Keaton as Batman, it yeah. still is a weird choice. He's not. I don't like his Bruce Wayne, but I don't think I would like anybody in that role, Bruce well, Wayne, because I of how they write him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's just it. You have to kind of divorce yourself yeah. from like the Batman mythos yeah. and just kind of look that's at this true. internally. Like, do all the pieces connect? Does mm-hmm. it all make sense? And it does, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I will come back to that feeling later in the series. But okay. uh, what about you? What about you, Batman eighty nine? Uh, it's a weird one for me. Okay. I I mean, I like it. Um, I must have seen this, but my first. I, I definitely saw a certain movie more than this one. I didn't see this one in theaters. I don't think I watched it much at all as a kid. Uh, I remember watching it maybe at like 10 or something when we like marathoned them all, but it didn't, uh, I enjoy it, but it definitely doesn't do as much for me as it does for some. Okay. So like 89, does it, I don't, I guess, hold it up. It, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it it feels unbalanced in a lot of ways. Like it's really? it's tr- yeah. I don't know how, but it's it's a strange movie. It's it's it a, strange a strange movie. movie. I will not argue that. Point. Especially to be like the first superhero movie to come after like the Superman movies too. It's just yeah. it's a weird time where people are still just trying to figure out what makes a good superhero movie, uh, and what makes a good superhero and everything. And so like Batman, he's just. He's a weird presence in this movie. I mean, he's yes. falling over. He's he's showing up late. He's yeah. never saving anybody. Yeah. It's just... Well, you said it, too. Like, when... when uh, p- Part of the plot of the film, if you haven't seen it... If you haven't seen it, it's crazy, so yeah. go watch okay. it. But part of the film is that the Joker uh, kind of corners Vicky Vale in a restaurant, uh, restaurant museum, yeah. basically. Yeah. And Batman kind of catches wind of this, and so he comes... And he just like runs in and grabs her and is like, let's get out of here. Yeah. And they just like run away. Yeah. Which is so bizarre. Yes. Because there's Joker and a bunch of gang members and they just killed a bunch of people. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, for the general audience who's never picked up a Batman costume, maybe that I'm a comic, that doesn't mean much. But when you read like the comics and stuff, it is hard to be like, well, he would also now beat up everybody right. and send them to jail. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, so, forget this. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, but yes, Jack Nicholson is funny. Was helps. there anything that seeing it up on the big screen brought out to you? Uh, not too much. It, I mean, it looks nice. Um, and I guess I just enjoyed Nicholson as well. I mean, it was just it's just a fun experience now having seen this one because the only one I had ever seen in theaters was Batman Forever. Mm. So it was nice to 
to see you know this landmark one okay on the big screen all right with big sounds yeah have ralph garman i guess come out and be like batman 89 changed the landscape yeah yeah so was that an okay ralph garman impression fine. Yeah, thank it you was fine yeah um all right yeah. so you yeah. like it but it doesn't hold a lot of childhood nostalgia for you that's that's true you yes think it's overall weird I do think it's weird, yeah. but I mean, it's Burton and things get weirder and I end up liking it more. So I think the balance, I think you just have Burton trying to do his Burton thing, which he does with the Joker, but he's also trying to appease like the studio wanting like a big budget superhero movie. Yeah. Which they got as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And the toys were great. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, all right. So Batman Returns is next. Take... Are you okay? I guess I'll take this over because Nick <laughs> is—he's uh, dying. Oh my gosh! This, yeah, if allergies. you start laughing my like uh, you experience Joker gas, then I'm gonna start worrying. Batman Returns is one that I've seen the most out of all these four films. 1992's Batman Returns. Uh, and actually, I only just watched it recently, like two years ago, for Christmas because I like to count it as a Christmas movie. And in terms of it looking great, that this was the one. Like I thought, Batman 89 looked good in whatever new restoration this is, but on the big screen, Batman Returns looked great looked fantastic yeah not so much the the weird special effects scenes that definitely have been over compressed but just like the landscape and the snow and everything i'm like wow this this is a good looking movie the, the only thing i'll say about that that's disagreeing is that i'll kill you no i'm fine all uh, the imagery i think you're, you're so right about the imagery uh -huh. like catwoman and there's so many like great frame shots it did highlight to me just how clear it is that they're on a tiny soundstage yes they are every single yeah. scene yeah when making batman returns they wanted to avoid uh people like taking pictures and spoiling the film so they did they put it on a much more closed soundstage and you pointed out they're just whenever there's anything that's outside it's at the stairs it's at the ice skate rink yeah. at the stairs yeah so every single yes yeah. it definitely so that's that was a little bizarre to me that it, it gave it kind of a stage play feel to it yeah which works i mean yeah. it works a little bit but it is was noticeable to me listen i know i said batman 89 is weird but this one is bananas oh it is and it's definitely not a batman film but like not a traditional batman film oh, but yeah. if it feels it's just so it's, it feels like a fairy tale like a modern weird fairy tale almost like a dream mm -hmm. and it it yeah it doesn't feel like this like saga or superhero action movie there's very you know there's not a lot of action in it but it's just it's just such a weird movie and i think having batman stuff in it helps for me but i don't know yeah well this was it's hard to describe i was not allowed to watch this this as, is the one i saw as a kid as so i don't know kid. what parental guidance i was given about this one because i remember dark i was excited when i saw it coming out yeah. like everything like catwoman i thought looked super cool mm -hmm. mcdonald's had a series of toys that mm -hmm. i was all into they had cups remember mcdonald's used to do the big yeah. cups yeah there was one that was bruce wayne and selena kyle dancing at the, at the ball yeah i wanted that cup okay i yeah but i saw this for the first time with you mm -hmm. not in theaters this time but at some point, we watched the first couple of Batman yeah. movies, and that this was the first time yeah. that I'd seen Fun it. fact, you actually weren't with me. Really? Yeah. Where was I? Uh, we had watched 89 together, and then I had moved to Florida. And, and then, then I had... just watched it alone? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, I guess I associated with you then. And you texted me. Yeah. And we did watch it. Uh, this is the one I'd seen the most recent, because a few uh -huh. years back, we, had, we, watched it for Christmas. we watched it for Christmas. Yeah. Um, my My feelings about this remain unchanged. I feel like it would probably be a stronger movie if, if Tim Burton had 
slightly less control. Like if somebody would have been like, let's maybe not have the penguin constantly vomiting like motor oil, <laughs> I think probably would have made for a little bit better movie. But I think Keaton and Pfeiffer are great in it. Yeah. I think like individually they're great. I think their scenes together mm-hmm. are some of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. in any movie ever. Mm-hmm. I just their their chemistry and the way they like work off each other, the way they work with each other is just amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to watch it. It's mm-hmm. just it's fascinating like when you're watching a movie, you know, to to see that is cool. I think it's as like you know, the actor, the director parts of me, I watch that and I'm just, I'm fascinated by those performances because mm-hmm. I think they're so unique and it's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just surprised. I think that Keaton is better in Batman Returns. And I read in an interview that he, uh, he would like cross out lines. He didn't think he needed to say in the script and he'd like just kind of, uh, minimized how many actual uh, pieces of dialogue he has. And I think yeah. that actually kind of works. Nothing against like Keaton's acting ability, but I think for this character, it works that he's less of a, uh, like, oh, well, I don't know how I got it from I bought it in Japan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, he he's more he he's playing a darker role in this one. So, which yeah. fits because he's supposed to be trying to relate to Selena right. over their darkness and their split, uh, split to personalities. Well, for me, I, I don't mean, think Batman '89 Keaton can say we're the same split right down the middle with the same pathos he does in Batman true, Returns. True, I I do think that it makes it makes for a more compelling character yeah. because you also Keaton in Batman Returns. You want more, or yeah. at least I do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you kind of wish there was. Well, he more. doesn't show for the first twenty minutes, yeah. so there, that's probably makes sense there. You too. wish there was more in a good way. Yeah. So I think you know I have an appreciation for this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not one of my favorites. Oh. It has some of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Every time Keaton and Pfeiffer are together, mm-hmm. uh, and then one of my, if not my favorite, Batman line, Batman line in any of these movies is in the end where he's just over it and like kicks Christopher Walken in the face and it's yeah. like, shut up, you're going to jail. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it every time. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite Batman film of yeah. these four. So it's not my favorite Batman movie, but of the original four, Returns is my favorite. This rewatch altered my favorite. Mm. Yeah. The one I've said is my favorite for a long time. It was Uh-oh. probably the one that was the most difficult to watch on screen, which transitions us into... Batman Forever. Batman Forever. This is not your favorite anymore? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it just really didn't hold up, I think, mm. to like the scrutiny of the big screen and yeah. all that. And especially, I've never watched the movies in the same way, like so close together yeah. as we have this time. Because it was like, one was on Saturday and the next was on Monday. So yep. just a couple days apart watching these. And... The transition from Batman 89 to Batman Returns is crazy. Yes. Even though it's still Keaton, it's still the same director, you yeah. still have some supporting cast, same. Yeah. The Batman Returns is not a sequel to Tr- Batman 89. I really feel that. You mean Batman Forever? It's not no, a sequel. No. I mean I mean Batman Returns doesn't even feel like a sequel to Batman 89 to me. Okay. They feel like like let's right. take these same characters and do a totally different thing. Right. It doesn't feel like part 1, part 2. How's this connected forever? Batman Returns to Batman Forever uh-huh. is like, I, I don't even know. Yeah. It's like you've gone from some like yeah. noir horror movie to like a yeah. weird cartoon. It's like when they drive through, t- uh, drive into Toontown for the first time and he yeah. framed Roger exactly. Rabbit. <laughs> exactly. It starts pretty rough, Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Like the whole the whole thing with the, the man and the, there's, there's a security guard. locks a security guard in a vault. Yeah. And this guy is just like, I don't know. He yeah. wandered off a set on the Disney <laughs> channel and made it to Batman forever. And just the whole time he's like, Oh no. 
Yeah. Like, that's too small for yeah. the way this man acts. Apologies if he's listening, but yeah. I don't know what Schumacher saw in that. Ah. <laughs> Batman Forever is very loud. Yeah. It is a, it's probably the loudest. Ah, maybe that's not true, but it's a loud film in terms of like the visuals, in terms of the sound. There's never really, there's not too much quiet, thoughtful yeah. moment. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it starts off loud. Yeah. It starts, but I remember as a kid seeing this one in theaters for the first time. So 1995, I would have been nine. Uh, that, yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah. Um, and like, it didn't, this, it was like the best thing in the world. It's like, I'm seeing, this is like the best Batman movie ever. It was, yeah. it was so cool. And probably because it was so loud, it was more action. I mean, they knew what they were doing when people were like, Batman Returns is too dark. They're like, oh yeah? Yeah. Check this out. Well, listen to this. So Batman, <laughs> Batman and Batman Returns, of course, share Michael Keaton as Batman. You yeah. have the same Michael Gow as Alfred yeah. and, oh, I can't remember his name. Pat Hingle yeah. as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Those two do come over into Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. They're the only two who, who go the distance. But then we have Val Kilmer maybe downing a couple of uh, Valiums yeah. every morning a before he films his scenes. Val Kilmer. You know, I, I, don't, I think you're the one who said he's a good Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. kind of an iffy Batman. Yeah. I think that's pretty true. Well, I think it's, be, it's, it's also probably because of the writing again. Because they, Joel Schumacher, with this and Ro- Batman and Robin, he's better than Burton is at... Uh, giving Batman and Bruce Wayne like a divide in equal screen yeah, time, I think, and I think he kind of realizes like they're the same character, but they have to have like different things yeah. going on, and so like Kilmer's Bruce Wayne is dealing with some, you know, still the emotional trauma of his parents' death, but he's also dealing with you know the whole Batman persona, and yeah. it's not done a hundred percent successfully, but it is it's a more compelling. I don't know, story arc then. Yeah. Will he truly love Vicky Vale? I think this is the most, I mean, this, this is not saying much, but it is the most jarring transition. Batman oh, yeah. Returns to Batman Forever. Sure. But even in, in 1 and 2, you know, in, in 89 and Batman Returns, you have a different Wayne Manor, you have a different cave, like everything's yeah. different. You get into 3, and it's so different that, uh-huh. that when Nicole Kidman's character references Catwoman, mm-hmm. it's just like bizarre. Yeah. It feels like meta. It feels like mm-hmm. It feels like she's not referencing someone from his past yeah. it feels like she's referencing batman returns like within the movie you oh, know what yeah. i mean it's just it's very strange <laughs> we're also introduced to chris o'donnell as robin 48 uh-huh. year old robin <laughs> coming to be yeah. adopted by val kilmer who's yeah. six months older than him <laughs> uh so that's weird yeah. he was a little better than i remembered him being yeah i thought mm-hmm. i was a little more okay with chris o'donnell in these i used to like the concept of like an older robin because i never thought it was cool that like Robin was just like 12 or something. Yeah, 12 but, is crazy. So, 12 is crazy. But yeah, this time around, I'm like, yeah, it's still not great. I, every now and then, I'm like, it's the 90s. Yeah. He's Crystal Donald. Maybe he's 17. 17 year olds looked like 40 year olds in the 90s. I, I don't like <laughs> So you have Tommy Lee Jones replacing oh, Billy D. Williams yeah. in the role of Harvey Dent. Billy yeah. D. Williams was in Batman 89 with the prospect yeah. of becoming Two Face. Yeah. Whatever the opposite of Valium is. That's what Tommy Lee Jones was on. Tommy Lee Jones is just, yeah. he's, he's acting on the same level as a security guard for the top of the, it's, the movie. It's and, bad. And playing the Joker. I mean, yeah. he's not playing Two-Face this at is, all. It's a bad performance. And Jim Carrey, I like Jim Carrey, but it didn't hold up as well this time either. Yeah. I felt like it was a little... Well, when I was a kid and like Jim Carrey opens the door to the Batcave and is like, spank me. Yeah. I remember as a kid being like, ah, he said it, you know? and But also as a kid, you don't... You don't necessarily pick on the camp, and which is why the like '60s Batman show was worked, I think, for younger audiences because kids 
they pick up on camp and they treat it like it's serious. They right. just read it as like straight. This is maybe like a safer version, but it's still being played straight. So like as a kid, for me, Jim Carrey's making all these jokes and running through the Batcave, but he's like, for me, I was like, the Riddler's in the Batcave and blowing things up. Yeah. This is bad news. Yeah. But when you when you get older, you're like, oh, jeez, he's like pretending to be a baseball player. Yeah. He's making... You know, as a kid, you're just more concerned about the explosions and what it means to have a bad guy in the cave. Yeah. But yeah, as an adult, you're like, oh boy, Jim Carrey is he's I doing still, it. I still have a fondness for this movie. Like, it didn't yeah. make me hate this movie yeah. or anything like that. It, But now it's more like, I like it because more, of, you know. My mo- dad and I saw I remember yeah. like, when this first came out, I was so excited. My dad and I mm-hmm. went to see it. There was somebody sitting in front of us who talked the entire uh, movie. It made me crazy. Was it Tommy Lee Jones? It wasn't. <laughs> but, you know, we had fun, and it's just always one of those movies yeah. that I love. But it it did on this one. It was garish to me, and it was... <laughs> More so just, than the other two films that are in the 90s. Batman Forever feels like the pinnacle of like oh, a yes. 90s Batman. Oh, yes. I mean, Batman and Robin has its own problems as well, but Batman Forever just feels like you could only make this movie in 1995. Yeah. The the look of it, the acting quality, just everything about it is like, this is the 90s Batman movie. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily age well. Right. So style ages well, but like just saying like, oh no, this is just, yeah. it's, it's rough. So yeah, it's it has some cool moments yeah. like when when Robin finally shows up and there's the the Batmobile's destroyed mm-hmm. and it's like, do you want to go by what is it? What's the line? Should I go by air or by sea? Yeah. And Robin's like, why not both? Yeah, and then yeah. they do this like two front assault while Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey play, play Battleship, Battleship, which <laughs> <laughs> all right again some good moments, but and then here's okay this this to me was the most shocking thing to come out of this rewatch. Uh huh. I left Batman and Robin kind of okay. Yeah. I have I've Time always, heals all wounds. I remember when this when this movie came out, I was beyond excited. Yeah. I was I was you crazy were excited. Batman beyond excited. I was, <gasps> and I was desperate to go see it on opening night. Like I had to see it the first available day. So I went with my aunt and we watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And even as a kid, I left this being like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. All my friends. Yeah. It just uh I mean, the problems that you know about Batman and Robin are absolutely there. Yeah. You know, it's goofy. Schwarzenegger is crazy. Yeah, Schwarzenegger's terrible. He's as bad as Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Oh, and, worse. Yeah. Worse. He, I mean, they give, they, they say Schwarzenegger, I mean, Schwarzenegger made a career out of one-liners, but what they do with these one-liners yeah. is absolute. I read yeah. an article that was pointing out how bad the one line is. He says, Batman, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. And then he like freezes the dinosaur. But the Ice Age was millions of years after the yeah. dinosaurs. You stupid. That's your biggest problem with this movie? Yes. All right. So here's the thing. <laughs> the... I mean, I guess the uh, the rumor, the word on the street is that Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher, nobody likes Val Kilmer. Is kind they kind of, Schumacher says they kind of fired him. He kind of quit. Yeah, it was just sort of like, this is not going forward. He, he didn't want to be in the role, which is, uh, I guess, apparently like why he's like, the performance is the way it is, as lifeless as it is. Hmm. So, But I don't, I mean, he has good moments as Batman, yeah. Val Kilmer does. Yeah. Anyway, George Clooney steps in, a very like ER George Clooney. Yeah, very like, if young. You, if you've seen ER... He's essentially playing the Doug Ross yeah. character as because it's just he doesn't do anything like uniquely Bruce Wayne. Mm. But here's what I'll say about it. Uh-huh. Like like I was saying with Batman 89, everything about this movie is true to itself. That's true. 
you don't have like a weird Shazam moment where it's half the time it's a kid movie and half right. the time it's like demons are killing people. That's true. You know what I mean? It is 100% mm-hmm. like Joel Schumacher, Batman, start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah. More and so than Batman and Forever. It is. But it's also a pretty smooth transition to Bat- from Batman Forever yeah. to Batman and Robin. That's true, yeah. A lot of the same support. Yeah. yeah, of course, Chris O'Donnell's back. Yeah. You got Alfred and Commissioner Gordon there. Mm-hmm. But... The house is the same. The cave is the same. Mm-hmm. Like it feels. These are the only two to me mm-hmm. that feel like they are really meant yeah. together. As a kid, I watched this when it came out on VHS, and I was pretty disappointed. I remember being bored and all, maybe walking away at a point. But on this, yeah, on this rewatch, I'm like, oh, well, no, this, it's it's confident. Yeah, it's not good. It's not. You know, I don't love this version of Batman. But the the reason I say time heals all wounds is now. Now this is just, you know, yeah. 1997's Batman yeah. movie. And we've had four since. And there were three before this. Yeah. You know, you don't like this movie? Pick one of the eight yeah. to like. But I I don't know. I mean, I guess... Look, I, I don't think that, that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Alicia Silverstone as... Yeah, Alicia Bat Silverstone Girl, was terrible. I can confidently say that neither one of them had a single good moment. Yeah. Not a single, not yeah. a single frame of film that yeah. they are in that was, is yeah. good. They are terrible yeah in every sense but Clooney, of the word in that movie. Clooney O'Donnell and uh uh-oh oh Uma Thurman, Uma, Uma yeah. Thurman actually get decent moments they Uma do. Thurman knows what movie she's in she does yeah. so whereas the others don't Uma Thurman at performs the role a lot yeah. better than I remember I remember hating her character yeah, and now I'm too. like I I kind of missed her when she was gone I was like oh no not more Schwarzenegger please yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah. So I don't know. Okay, there was one. There was one thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk back what I just said about mm-hmm. the not being a single shot with Alicia Silverstone because there's one scene in the end mm. where they all show up together uh-huh. and they come in and there's just this like silhouette of them kind of like storming this place. Uh-huh. Like, uh, and I thought that's cool yeah. because I love Batgirl. Yeah. You know, which th- there she has the ears on and everything. Yeah. It's just it's a cool shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. She's really bad, and I had a huge crush on her at the time, so I don't know yeah. what like fourteen year old me was thinking. Mm. But I, I've always kind of hated this movie, yeah. and now seeing it on the big screen with mm-hmm. all the color and like just everything <laughs> happened, having it yeah. be in the context of with forever and yeah. everything, it's like it is too long. It's too for, long. Yeah, but I'll say that I wasn't bored either. Yeah, I wasn't like tapping dumb. my foot, yeah. being like, "When's this turd gonna end?" Look, so. I'm never. I'm never just going to put in Batman and Robin, but if I'm doing Agreed. a Batman marathon now, yeah. I'm not going to skip it. Right. Like part of me would stop it forever in the past. Yeah. Now, now I'll just keep going because, you know, it, it's not as bad as time has made it out to be. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. Well, in the intro that Ralph Garman was doing, he said that now it's just it's oh. an interesting little cul-de-sac in yeah. like the Batman film yeah. history. And it, when he said that, I was like, that's stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. And then we watched <laughs> this movie and I was like, no, that is. That is what it yeah. is. It's just this odd little it's interesting. thing. It's like, and you know what? Look what's going when on. When we were driving either home from Batman Forever or to this one, you said to me, I kind of wish Joel Schumacher had made his third movie. Just make the trilogy. And I, I almost like blew up on you. I, I, I swore at you. I said you were an idiot or something. I said that would have been the absolute. I don't remember this, so oh. I didn't take it personally. Well, I, I said it would have been absolutely garbage, but I might have swore. Yeah. And I was just, I remember like for the next few minutes, I was like, should I just push him out of my car? <laughs> but then after seeing this movie, I was like, yeah okay. Show me what you got with the scarecrow. Yeah, I'm a. Let's do this. I would totally watch <laughs> Batman Unchained yeah. after that. Who who were they casting in 1999 or 2000 if they have to recast? Because they that's all Schumacher did. I mean, Clooney would probably stay, but maybe not after reviews. I no. I think he was pretty locked in. All right. I think he and Chris O'Donnell were set yeah. to come back. 
And I read they even had talked to, or Chris O'Donnell said that they were talking about like a ramen movie and mm. everything. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I don't think it would have been great, but honestly, to have like a Schumacher trilogy would be kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. And all they said about Batman Unchained, mm-hmm. with uh, they were talking Nick Cage as a scarecrow and like Harley Aww. Quinn being in it, with a big culmination of like all the past villains coming in coming together. Like, I mean, yeah. I think that would have been very watchable. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad that it never happened. Yeah. So it's a weird way to end the uh, the Batman rewatch yeah. and like our review of these uh, movies, yeah. but I think it for me yeah. it helped. Yeah, Batman. Look, there's that campaign to get the Snyder version of Justice yeah. League out there. Yeah. I would sign get Schumacher's third Batman movie out before I would sign that Snyder. Yeah, agreed. Petition. Agreed. I think the one, the thing that was most helped by this was my feelings on Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. The thing that was most hurt was Batman Forever. Okay. From the rewatch. But your what favorite you? now is 89. Tickle- so. Yeah, I think I got to go 89 is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Batman Returns is still my favorite of the four. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're right with the snow and everything. The crispness of that yeah. movie was really. Yeah. It was I, I like the soundtrack in that a lot. I think it's looked and sounded great. Um, I I guess the, my takeaways are very. I mean, yours is that you still love Batman 89 yeah. and it cracked you up and everything. Whereas for me, I that didn't happen so much. But I agree with you that forever loses a star for me and batman and robin somehow yeah is is a watchable film they kind of level out it's like the the yeah yeah i never thought batman and robin would be as watchable as it was yeah but there it is so i mean we even were like do we really want to go see batman and robin i know we almost yeah yeah if it hadn't been like all of them yes i doubt we would yeah i think except for you if it wasn't for you i probably would have just been like "Ah, i'm gonna skip it yeah so well, uh, you want to watch it when we get home? Let's do it. <laughs> we do have all of the Batman movies in our collection, so you can come and check them out. We have uh, not only these four that we've been talking about today, but of course the Chris Nolan trilogy, as well as Justice League and Suicide Squad from the latest batch. Uh, have they confirmed that Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman, or is it still just like I think it's still front runner, but nobody's front runner, but anything. also boring, dull face Nicholas Holt is in the running. Yes, okay. and somebody so else I thought the, I saw. Right now, it's looking like the Matt, the new Batman film, the Matt Reeves Batman film, is mm-hmm. going to be Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, which I'm trying to. I mean, that seems crazy to me, but I'm trying yeah. to withhold judgment. If anything that these movies taught me, that's that that's exactly it. When they announced wait that, wait and see. I was very much like, well, I just enjoyed batman and robin yeah, more so, than yeah. i ever have so yeah. who knows exactly yeah you have the junior novelization right here on this table i know it was a donation to the library and yeah. we weren't going to add it but i just couldn't bear to yeah so it's just sat on my last bookshelf. the last line in it is teamwork is never easy yeah so it's true same city different worlds all right <laughs> alicia silverstone terrible in this movie yeah terrible all right uh, that's that's going to do it for our talk on, on the Batman film franchise as well as the Nebulas. Uh, anything you want to add about library news? Uh, no. Just okay. that in almost now, a month from now, it's going to be summer reading program. Wow, that's hard to believe. Yeah. In the auditorium, we've got some films coming up. Our next concert is going to be June 13th. The Young Sisters are coming back. Uh, great acoustic duo, so I hope you can check them out at 7 o'clock. They are a year older than they were last year. That's true. The slightly less young <laughs> sisters. Uh, that's going to be June 13th at 7 o'clock. Eric mentioned the Adult Book Club right now is reading Neuromancer by William Gibson. We're wrapping that up at the end I'm of this month. Neuromancer. And then we'll be beginning uh, Leviathan Wakes, the first in the Expanse series by James S.A. Mm-hmm. Corey. So I hope you can join us for those. Craft classes. Lots of things going on here at the library. So check yeah. us out, davidahowlibrary.org. 
Yeah. Remember to rate and share the podcast wherever Which you helps. can. The more ratings and uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the higher up on you know when people type in book podcast or yeah. something, the higher we go up there. So that would be great. So if you could just take a moment yeah. uh, to do that, that would be helpful. If you're on your iTunes app, all you have to do is click the show and scroll down, and it just says write a quick review. You can just you can even just hit the stars. Bam! Right yeah. there. All right. Thanks for tuning in for our very long talk in the Batman film series. We will see you <laughs> next week.